0: glad that you're here this morning. It's a beautiful day outside and it is a wonderful day. You have picked a wonderful day to be here at Stuttgart Harvest Church. I try to be as transparent with you as possible. Um, And I just, this morning, I am coming to you as a person who has failed in my life in so many different ways. I have failed as a son. I, there were so many phases in my life where I was just a horrible, terrible son. I was a horrible, terrible uh, husband. I'm still trying to learn and trying to get better and trying to grow. But probably the biggest area in my life where I feel I have failed the most, that would be as a father I just feel like, I don't know if you can relate to this at all, I feel like a horrible, terrible, no good father. And I'm not just tooting my own horn here. That is how I I really feel as I have lived my life. And I could add to that list even one more. I'm sure there there are hundreds more I could add. But I'm going to say this, I, I feel like there are so many times in my life that I've also been a bad friend. And I want you to know, I hate that about me. I was reading this week and, I, and, and really discovered I'm not the only one who feels that way. So many men feel very similar ways in their own lives. I'm not alone. Someone may say something to you, as often they do me, some words of encouragement But I really don't hear that. Because no matter what they say, it cannot be louder than the voice that is in my head screaming my imperfections so much louder than anything someone else is saying to me. I guess if I could use a word to describe the way I feel about myself often. And I'm wondering if maybe sometimes you might feel this way too. I don't know. But the word I would use would be scrap. Just scrap. Like my life is ready for the scrapyard. That's the way I often feel. Do you relate on any level? What message do you tell yourself? Do you constantly tell yourself, well, you might as well just quit? Do you tell yourself, oh, you might as well just give up? Do you say to yourself, oh, you're never going to amount to anything. They were right about you. Do you say to yourself, I I don't think I'm really ever going to be able to really change? Well, this series, we have been talking about how God really can get inside of our lives and change. And listen, I'm living proof. I've just admitted it. This is a lifelong process. God is still working in my life, over all of these things that I have a tendency to tell myself. But God really has moved into my life and begun to change me. It's not too late for us. In fact, it's not too late for you. And I would really encourage you, if you have missed part one or part two of this series. Those are extremely important parts, and I would really encourage you, if you just got your book today, please go back to our SoundCloud account and catch up, listen to part one and part two. Or you can go back to our Facebook Live account and you can watch part one or part two. Really, please, I can't encourage you enough to catch up because what we're talking about can revolutionize your life. We've used the imagery um, through this series of a blacksmith, and this morning I want to look at that, that living example very closely today and see what we can learn about ourselves and this growth process through the eyes of a blacksmith. A blacksmith fires up his forge Uh, to about 2,000 degrees. That's what Nathan's forge is outside. He fires it up, heats it up to about 2,000 degrees. When you go outside in just a moment, you will see it glowing hot, very, very hot. And then he heats the metal to somewhere between 1,500 and 2,000 degrees, depending on what he's doing. He heats that up so he can make that metal soft. If that metal is too cold when he works with it, I'm told that the metal will will tear. If the metal is too hot, well, then it gets to the point where it begins to burn up, and it'll disappear. There's this heating and cooling process. When you go outside, you'll watch Nathan. He's putting horseshoes, uh, he's working on a horseshoe. In fact, this happens to be the very first horseshoe that Nathan built that he learned when he was in school. And you'll see him put the horseshoe, put the metal into the forge, and he'll bring it out and he'll work with it. Then he'll put it back in, and it will get hot again. He'll bring it out, work with it, and you'll you'll see it cool off from red hot to more of this color. It's still hot, but it will be cooling. And so this heating and cooling process actually does something to the metal. As he heats it, and then it cools, and he heats it, and it cools, The result is a word called tempering, which it makes the metal stronger so that it will last longer. And in your life and in my life, God uses something for tempering in our lives to make us stronger. And in this series, we have talked a whole lot about God's word. God's words to us, and specifically, God's words in the new covenant, which are so powerful for the changing of our lives, the tempering, the making stronger. He heats us up, and we cool down. He heats us up with his word, and we cool down. He heats us up, and the result of that is we are made stronger. In the fire, and out of the fire. In the fire, and out of the fire. And God works with us through a lifelong process. And God knows just the right amount of heat that our lives need through His Word. The optimal amount of heat. And it gives us time. It's an optimal amount of time in the heat and time to cool and in the heat. And He knows exactly what we need. And in fact, God knows us better than we know ourselves. Let's look at this process using some scripture. It's on the screen. McKinley has it there for you. John chapter 15, starting with verse 5. Jesus, words of Jesus here, very, very important. He says, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. We talked about this. If God is the vine and we are the branch attached to that vine, Jesus says if we remain in him, attached to him, growing into him, and him through us, then we from the vine, the branch, can do nothing, Jesus says. But he says if we are attached, we will produce fruit. So what kind of fruit is he talking about? What is that? What is this fruit in our lives? Well, here are some examples of some fruit. It's this strength that God will give us and produce in our lives. Here it comes in Galatians chapter 5. Here's the fruit. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I would have to say in my life, when that is growing, when God is producing that fruit because I have stayed attached, connected to Him, and He's producing that, those are all signs of strength. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. All of that is strength. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You know, after the forge gets hot... The first thing the blacksmith does is to take that metal um, and he places it in the heat and he he heats that metal up until it is almost it glows almost translucent, and that process makes that metal workable. But it also, as it gets hot, it also really begins to burn away some of the impurities that are in and around or on that metal. And for us, that fire of God's Word in our lives is also removing some impurities in our own lives. Now, anytime fire is involved, we have to think to ourselves, whoa, 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 you don't play around with fire, right? Because fire is fire. You don't play around with fire. But as that metal gets hot, it slowly removes some of those impurities. He was talking about how rust goes away, it burns up. But if there's not a fire to put it in, to put that iron in, then it doesn't work. It doesn't burn up the impurities. And if you get it too hot, then you're also going to burn up the metal, burn up the iron. Listen to this in verse 6. Jesus goes on. He says, anyone... It's on the screen right here. Anyone who does not remain in me he says is that means if they don't remain in Jesus they are detached and he says and they are thrown away like a useless branch it it withers and then he describes such branches are gathered into a pile to be what burned now this is an important contrast Because there's a couple of kind of fires here. One fire that he's talking about, Jesus is speaking of right here, very specifically, is a fire that consumes and it leaves ashes. But a blacksmith has a different kind of fire if he uses it the way Nathan has been taught to use that. That is not a consuming fire. It only consumes the impurities. It doesn't consume that raw metal, that iron that he's working with. Instead, this is not a consuming fire that the blacksmith works with. It is a refining fire. But here's the interesting choice. For our lives, we have a choice. We can choose for ourselves a consuming fire that leaves ashes. Or we can choose a refining fire that burns away impurities and leaves us moldable. The choice is ours. You know, one of the main tools that Nathan uses and other blacksmiths, one of the main tools is an anvil. It's that steel block with a horn on the end. An anvil can weigh anywhere from 50 pounds, uh, some up to 600 pounds. The one Nathan's working with outside is a 100-pound anvil. And depending on the job, that depends on what size of anvil the blacksmith needs. But once the metal is heated, then he brings that metal with the tongs, he brings it over to the anvil, and there he begins to shape what starts out as just a bar of metal. He begins to shape it into something special. And holding that metal with the tongs, those long-handled, getting his hands far away from the forge, as far as he can anyway, and still work with the metal, using those tongs, he moves the metal in and out of the fire and working with the, uh, the steel, the iron, while it is hot and then putting it back in, getting it hot again, in and out, knowing just the right temperature that this metal needs to be at in order for him to shape it to what he wants it to be. You know, a blacksmith makes many of his own tools, All of the punches that Nathan uses um, to create the the holes for the the horseshoe nails, it's not just a matter of one quick little punch into the iron. You'll see if you get to hang out there for just a few minutes, you'll see. But all of those punches that he created, uh, I mean, that he uses, he made himself. A, A blacksmith makes many of their own tools. But as the metal gets hot... And then hotter, it begins to glow. It glows red and orange and yellow. And at, at its ultimate, uh, in some forges, it gets white hot. But as Nathan begins to use it, it's, it's a bright orange. And as the metal is heated, then it becomes moldable. It becomes malleable. And he uses the tongs to put it on the anvil, and he uses the hammer to shape it, to design it, and to exactly what he is planning. It's not a quick process. In fact, he said, you know, today I probably won't even get one horseshoe made in the little amount of time that he's going to be out there, just a few minutes as you were coming in, and it'll be a few minutes as you're leaving. He said, probably won't even get one made. It, it takes time. It's not a quick process to heat it, to hammer it, and shape it. But over time, it begins to reflect exactly what he is desiring. Now, this process of applying pressure with the hammer against the anvil, it, desire, uh, it demands strength but possibly what is even more demanded in that process is accuracy over strength. It requires an accurate hit, accurate pressure as he hammers this into the shape that's needed. Just the right spot the hammer has to land that's important. He can't just go out there and go pounding away and just hope that he's going to end up with what he needs. It takes an accurate hit. And you know, God, with our lives, as we go through tough times and difficult times, God is not out there just hammering away at our lives randomly, emotionally beating us down. God understands what it takes to shape us and to mold us. And God is exacting on our lives very specific pressure at very specific times and very specific places in order to mold us and shape us as He desires And a significant part of what God is doing in our lives involves God's Word, what He has written to us in the New Covenant. Listen to how Jesus goes on. He says this phrase, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, let me say that phrase again. But if you, these are words of Jesus now, but if you remain in me, Jesus says, and my words remain remain in you. Do you realize the power of God's words inside of our lives? At first, what happens is God's word goes inside of our mind. And then, then we live those words out in practice. Like a blacksmith with hot Iron. God's word is heating our lives from the inside out, heating our lives. And God's word is very accurately hammering away in very specific ways in our lives, shaping us. And then again, we go back into the fire, heating our lives to the right point. God's word is doing that. And then God's word goes to work accurately hammering away at just the right place, at just the right time in order to shape us. And again, our lives go back into God's word as it heats us to a moldable state. And he begins with God's Word to hammer and shape, apply pressure at just the right points in our lives to shape us and to mold us. And that happens over and over and over and over again. I find this interesting, especially coming from what I just admitted to you as we began. With a blacksmith, I was talking to Nathan just a moment ago. I said, Nathan, we're, we, we need to buy what you're doing here because I, I don't want to waste your raw materials. I, I don't want to waste um, and have you having to spend your money showing us about being a blacksmith. I, let us, we need to buy this iron from you. And he said, oh, no, 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 not, not at all. He said, I'm going to be able to use it. You see, for a blacksmith, I, I find this so Interesting. They make beautiful things out of scrap metal. They can. They can make beautiful things out of scrap metal. Just like God, the creator of this universe, can make something out of Harley who feels like scrap And God, the creator of this universe, no matter how messed up you may feel your life is, God can make something amazing and beautiful out of you. If we simply submit to Him, He can begin to shape us He can begin to refine us. Just like a a blacksmith will do. Um, Into the fire, out of the fire, shaping, molding. Into the fire, out of the fire, shaping and molding. even Even if we personally feel ruined. Even if someone else has tossed you into the scrap heap. God himself, through Jesus Christ, will reach into that scrap heap and he will grab hold of your life and he will redeem you. He will buy you back. And beyond that, he will forgive you and he'll give you a second chance. And for some of us, a third chance and a fourth chance. For the blacksmith, there there are no no true mistakes. If a piece is messed up, well, just wait a little bit. Reheat it. Put it back in the fire and start again. And in your life, listen, God is not going to make a mistake in your life. No matter what you feel like you have done to your life or someone else has done to you, God can place you in the fire of His word and He can pull you out and begin to shape you into His beautiful creation. There are second chances in metal and men. There's no second chances in in wood. If you're carving a piece of wood and you carve a big chunk out, guess what? It's gone. You can't put it back. If you're a stonemason and you are working on stone and you knock a big piece of stone out, a big chunk, it's gone. The mistake is there. It, It can't be redeemed. But in metal, God can simply take you and He can warm your life back up with His Word and He can begin with His Word shaping you again. Metal is completely recyclable until it's quenched. That final step, that final stage, as best I can understand it, I know it's an imperfect understanding because I'm not in the trade, but when they quench that metal in water at just the right time, at just the right temperature, and for the right amount of time, the shape then becomes set. So after heating and after pressure and and shaping that metal, then the blacksmith finally plunges the final piece of hot metal into the cold water and this process called quenching. And the shock of that cold water on the molten hot steel makes it even stronger yet and it sets the shape. It's important for the blacksmith to judge just exactly the right time to do this. Do it too soon and the metal will become brittle and it will easily shatter. But leave it in too long to quench and the metal might become too soft and it won't be able to sharpen to an edge if an edge is what you need. Sometimes before quenching, it's necessary to reheat that metal to get it to a correct temperature before quenching it. But the blacksmith knows how to quench at just the right time, at just the right temperature, and for just the right amount of time. Just as God, using His Word in our lives, knows how to set our new shape that He's creating. And He is making us more and more and more like Him. In fact, Jesus describes that one day you will be so much like Him as much as possible on this earth, so much like Him. Jesus says this in the next phrase. He says that you may ask for anything you want, He says. Anything you want and it will be granted. Now listen very carefully. That is not a magic trick. This is not one of those verses that you latch onto and say, hey, he said it, he's got to do it. What Jesus is saying here is that as he shapes your life, you connected to him and his word in you. You will become so much, you will desire so much what God desires. You will want so much what God wants that anything you do ask would be the same thing God would be asking. And guess what? That's a done deal. It's granted. And that happens as God makes us more and more and more and more like Him. That is God changing us, transforming us with the power of his word in our lives. And Jesus says, here's the end result of that shaping and transforming. Verse 8, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples, and this brings great glory to my Father. You know the iron in the blacksmith's hand, this iron in Nathan's hand, it has no choice. No choice at all. It's lifeless, this iron is. No choice at all. But you have a choice. You have a choice to make in the transformation process, in the shaping process. We have a part to play. And the choice is up to us to make that choice, to allow God to do the shaping and the transforming. And thankfully, God shows us how to make the right choices. God shows us how to choose life. And it's in His words. And his molding and his shaping in our lives can be painful at times. But when he's shaping us, it shows us that he loves us, that he cares for us, and he wants us to stay in the process. We have to choose. To stay in the process. How many of us have run away from God's word for years and years and years? In fact, Stuttgart Harvest Church largely is made up of people like me who have some time in their lives have run away from God's word. But now you find yourselves back in that shaping process. And I believe through this series is what we have been teaching that we can stay in that molding and shaping process of God and His Word through daily prayer. We taught you how to do that on week one. Through daily Bible study, studying what God's words say. We taught you how to do that in week number two. And to this morning, how, God, how meditating on God's Word will shape our lives. He will change us, He will shape us, and He will mold us to be more and more and more like Him. Listen to how Paul puts it in Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. Listen to what Paul says. Here. Verse 10, he says, Put on your new nature and be renewed. So these are choices you have to make. Be renewed as you learn how to, to know your Creator. And that's what this whole process we've been talking about is, is about. How to know your Creator and become like Him. Us getting into that process, that's our choice. The molding and the shaping, that's done by God. So today, in your journal or on your journal page, if you are in your journal, look past the prayer section, past the section that says, um, remember to pray for these things, past the section that says, study God's word. And towards the end, towards the back, not the very last section, but the section Right before the last, it says loving others. Nope, that's not it. It's the one before that. Setting your mind on things above. That's where we are. Three sections from the back. There's only two pages, so it'll be easy to flip past that. Setting your mind on the things above. Did you find it? Okay. Here's what I'm going to suggest you do. To set your mind on the things above, I'm going to suggest to you to join me in the, the very difficult process of memorizing parts of God's Word. And in this, as you go through your Bible study pages, please listen to week number two. As you go through those pages, you will run across some verses, and you'll say, "Wow, I need to remember that." That may be the verse you need to memorize. Just start, begin a list. I'm going to learn this verse. You're not, and you're going to be way behind. But just so, start a list. I'm going to suggest to you, uh, through this series, will you memorize? These two verses. And so where it says, this is the verse I'm memorizing, will you write this down? Colossians, if you're like me, you abbreviate all Bible words because they're so difficult to spell, C-O-L, period. That's my Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, will you memorize verse 9 and 10? Colossians 1, 9 and 10. Take as long as you need to do it. Take as long as you need. It may be, for some of you, you may be fast. It may be a week. For some of you, it may be two weeks or three weeks. For some of us, it may be a month. But memorize that. So the next section you see there. I'm going to say this. The next thing you're going to do is write that down word for word out of the translation you choose to use. Word for word. Write it down. And I would encourage for memorizing God's Word, I would encourage you to use a translation as opposed to a paraphrase. A translation. The only paraphrases right now, pretty much, that are on the market are the message. Nothing wrong with the message. If that is, speaks your language, use the message for, for your studying. But for memory, I, I would encourage you to use an actual translation. Right now, the only paraphrases are that are... Out there in mass, uh, the message pretty much—that's the most famous one right now. If you grew up in the '70s, it'd be the Living Bible. But I would encourage you to use an actual translation. Write those two verses down, word for word. And when you run across others, you just find a page somewhere and write them down. I'm going to someday. I'm going to memorize this, 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 and write them down and make start beginning. You know, start working your way through that list. The next section says. Um, after you write it down, it says, "What does God need to do in your life so that you can live this verse? What does God need to do in your life so you can live this verse?" and 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 just write it down. So these are the things that are kind of I see missing in my life. God, I'm going to need some help with this because the goal is not memory. The goal is not memorization, but the tool is memorization, memorizing that verse. The goal is for our life to look more and more and more like that verse. That's the goal. I am unimpressed by people who can just rattle off Scripture from memory. That doesn't impress me at all. You know what impresses me? The person who lives scripture. That's the goal. But the tool is to set our mind on that verse. And memorization makes that tool possible. That is the meditation. We are putting it inside of our mind. So we don't have to read it on paper. We can call it out from our memory, from our mind. That's the tool. And then saying, God, will you, here's where I'm lacking. Help me. Help me live this, God. This is where I'm lacking. The next section says ask God to help you specifically meet this standard. God, I need your help. I need your help. This is where I'm lacking. And oh, it is vast. I need your help to more and more and more meet your standard, to more and more and more look like you. And then notice what else this next little section says. Use this verse as a tool in your life. And here's how you use that as a tool. When you run across someone in your life and they are struggling, guess what? You have a tool That is inside of your mind, inside of your life, and you can share that with them. You can say, Listen to this verse that I've been memorizing. And you can share it with them and say, And you can encourage them and you can help them. Use it as a tool. When, when you are struggling yourself, use it as a tool. You have that verse right there in your mind. And in the Holy Spirit is able to use that and in that moment to actively shape you and mold you with His Word. But notice what else it says. And when needed, uh, a weapon to battle the evil one when you are tempted. You know when Jesus was tempted those 40 days? And we, we just kind of pass over that, you know, 40 days. Okay, he was tempted 40 days. It was intense. We can't even understand it. And it was, in, it was temptation from the, the evil one. Not even from one of his minions. It was the evil one. Not one of us in this room has probably ever been tempted by the evil one. We can't understand this, but Jesus experienced it for 40 days. And you know what? Every time he was tempted, he didn't say, you know, I read something about that. Give me just a second. (laughs) Somewhere in there, somewhere in there, it said, give me just a second. Jesus used God's word, his word, (laughs) as a weapon to defeat The evil one. And why was he able to use it as a weapon? Because it was right here, ready to be used. So many times we fall and we fail because we are weaponless. We get up in the mornings and we leave our homes and we have No weapon. We are unarmed because we have never taken God's words and placed them inside our minds strategically. So we have a tool and we have a weapon always with us. And that's my desire. Now, The reason why we only put two pages in here is because we're letting you know we don't expect you to memorize a verse a day. We're encouraging you to memorize a verse. Maybe you can do a verse a week. That would be amazing. You'd get 52 verses every year. That would be amazing. But maybe it's a verse every two weeks, or maybe it's a verse once a month. I, I don't care. I, I, we're not legalistic about this. Jesus didn't tell us how much. He just said, go, do it. And so listen, I, I don't care if it's weekly. I don't care if it's one a month. It doesn't matter. Just do it. And my encouragement is, let's just start with Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. And then from there... You pick the verse that speaks to you as you do your Bible study, as you study God's Word. Will you begin to meditate on God's Word, to place it inside of your mind? Now listen, if you've been with us for part one and part two, you have already picked a time and a place To do this. If you have not yet, then my encouragement, your first task, if you haven't done this yet, is go listen to part one and part two. And that's going to walk you through this whole process to get you where we are today, where we're saying now, take God's word and place it inside your mind. God placing you in the fire and then out of the fire, in the fire and out of the fire with his word, and then using his word to shape our lives like a blacksmith shapes metal will you join us and i ask you this today on father's day will you join us let's pray god you told us through paul you told us to put on a new nature to be renewed as we learn to know You, our Creator. And God, You gave us a way to do that. That was through Your Word. And as we begin to know You through Your words, we will become, because of what You do with Your words in our lives, we will become more and more and more like You. God, thank You For all of those words you've provided for us in your word. Jesus, thank you for those letters in red. God, give us the wisdom to know what to do with what we have heard today. Jesus, give us the courage to do it. In your name we pray these things. Amen.